Hello and you're very welcome to this week's edition of Talk A Good Game. I'm Fergal Lynch and as usual, I'm joined in studio by Jimmy Gig and Jimmy's having a little nap. He's had a busy weekend, <laughs> uh, catching yeah. up on a few Z's there and a very hectic weekend, Jimmy. Fergal is the, is the guy around here who has these little naps because yeah. he's part of a golden circle that allows yeah. uh, so you can get away with just about anything. You yeah. need a little nap every now and again, a power nap, I like to say, a power nap. You'd need them after the last couple of days or last couple of weeks, Jimmy. It's been fairly hectic. Um, it's good to be doing these things. It's a sign of progression, a sign that me GAA, for one anyway, is on the up when we're previewing Christy Ring Cup finals, we're previewing Leinster Senior Football finals, Leinster Junior finals. Uh, ladies are winning Leinster Intermediate semi-finals are at the closing stages of the league for the clubs as well. Remarkably, in mid-June, the league group stages are the league stages of the league. The AFLs are over and we're down to the finals of those. So it's uh, been hectic, Jimmy. Hectic is the word. Fergal. I don't think and we even mentioned the eight primary schools finals that were on yeah, Saturday as well. You can so. mention those uh, eight primary school finals. Look, hectic is the word. And it's what a weekend coming up, Fergal. We have uh, on Saturday, we have the Ring Cup. Uh, Christie Ring Cup, Christie and, Ring uh, Cup. yes, yes, yes Christie Ring Cup. And, Follow instructions. Uh, uh, you know, look, that's going to be a big day as well. But uh, the, look, the, f- the main focus has to be though for most uh, GA followers, I'd say in the county. I'd say it's fair to say. Now, I might take a, a bit of uh, flack here from the hurling fraternity. Your hurling boys won't like that. But uh, it is the football, Fergal. Like you know, how many mid supporters do you think will go up? Well, I suppose when if if we're gauging. If we're gauging the level of importance by the attendance that will be there, then yes, the football is more important. But I think um, the Christie Ring Cup is is just as important for Hurling community and for the Hurling people in Mead because technically it is an All-Ireland competition. Technically we are in the final. It, is, it too is on the stage, uh, the biggest stage of them all in Crow Park. I think there was only 2,500 at the ones in 2016. And as I, I tweeted out earlier on today, those two games in 2016 were the best atmosphere at any games I've ever been at. They were unbelievable. Now I wasn't working at them. I was sitting, or the, I was working at them. Sorry, but I was sitting in the Hogan stand rather than up in the press box, sitting behind the dugout. And it was just the noise that two and a half, three thousand people made in Crow Park when you're in close proximity to them. It, they were phenomenal days, and you would like to think that maybe we could repeat those days on Saturday because. For a lot of people in this county who live, breed, die, eat, sleep and shite Ireland, we'll call it, the Christy Ring Cup is where it's at on Saturday. Christy Ring Cup, it certainly is. And, uh, you know, uh, look, I was talking to uh, Nick Fitzgerald in the lead up to the to the game as we were going to play a, a clip from that in a little while. But, uh, you know, he's, he's not taking any chances. He was talking about uh, absolutely preparing for it as best he can and um, you know he knows this is a great chance for for the, the county to win the Christie Ring Cup the second time the, the one he ever won it once before of course that year uh, 2016 no, no, when they won it twice that uh, year uh, well, well <laughs> yes let's, shall we go into all that no, again no 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 let's you know, leave it there um, leave it. You know, look at rather than uh, waiting a little while we'll, uh, we have probably close to an hour's worth of interviews for today's podcast so I'm sure people would rather listen to the interviews than listen to us rabble on. So we'll jump straight into Nick Fitzgerald's interview, the interview you did with Nick last week in Trim GA at the media night. Uh, Nick was in good form 
uh, gave us an insight into what what the preparations for a manager and the sacrifices that they make. So we have an interview with Nick Fitzgerald here. It's about 13 minutes or so. So we'll just have a listen to that now. A cup final, Christy Wing Cup final, but uh, are you treating it any differently? Are you going to be any different to an ordinary game, Nick? No, treating it absolutely no different, uh, Jimmy. It's, it's the same preparation that we've had for every game, be it league or championship this year. Um, I suppose it's the it's the second it's the second game where we've had a week break in between. Um, so we have a we have a process that we go through in 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 that period of time. So that's no different to uh, to what we've done in the past. It's it's exactly the same. The only thing that's different, I guess, is we'll um, we do the walk around in Crow Park before the final. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's a, that's a day before maybe or something, is it? No. 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 It's 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 actually this coming Sunday that we uh, we go up to have a wander around the dressing rooms and the surroundings and the players get to see th- those who haven't seen it before will will get to see what what the surroundings are and what to expect on uh, match day when we arrive there. How do you think important that is? Like that whole thing of. Um, I'm not sure. Uh, to to be honest, I mean, I uh, I left it up to the players as to whether they wanted to go or not, and. Having spoke to some of the players who had done it in the past, uh, some felt a uh, benefit from it, some didn't really mind. So um, I, I thought, on the basis that somebody got something from it, I said we'd go with it. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. So I mean, it, it's, it's some of them played there in twenty sixteen mm. in the Cup, uh, Ring Cup final that year. Um, for the young lads, though, it's it's not a very much. It's a completely new experience. Um, playing in Crow Park, it's going to yeah, it's it's totally new. Look, it's 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 new for some of the players. It's new for some of the management. It's it's new to me. You know, I've I've never had uh, the honour of being involved in a team in the past who's played in uh, Crow Park. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, you know, no doubt I'll uh, I'll get something from the walk around. Uh, you know, I've I've been through there in the past. I've been through the dressing rooms wherever else. I've 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 had the pleasure of doing some work there in the past. Um, so office equipment work. Yeah, I know it. So 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 I know it. But still, I suppose you know to go and view it in in the light that I'm going to view it in this weekend with with the players. It's it's in preparation for an all Ireland final. Yeah, I mean, what can you imagine? You you probably visualise yourself walking up and down because it's 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 going to be different than any other ground, you know. Yeah, but I suppose you know my my focus on the day will will have to be exactly the same as uh, yeah. as, as every other game, you know. Um, my focus will be on what's going on inside the white lines as opposed to what's going on behind me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, when you look at it. Um, uh, you struggle to get goals. You, you look at their scoreline. I mean, I know they got seven against Donegal. You look at their score tally, whatever it is, nine, whatever, mm. twenty-seven or something like that. Mm. It's very impressive, isn't it? Is it? It is. It is uh, impressive. But I mean, what's the defenses like that that they played against? Mm. Well, we haven't conceded those goals. Yeah, yeah. You know, so look when when you look at the actual number of scores, I think we're probably within two or two or three scores, maybe ahead of them. When, when you count the, the number of actual scores as opposed to goals and points, the, the number of actual scores. So look, I mean, look, it's 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 a final, a final takes on a whole new meaning. Um, I'm sure down down won't be expecting some of the room that that they had against the likes of Donegal and Co. Um, against us. Um, but look, I'm sure down will be looking to to sort of recreate that, and uh, we'll be looking to make sure that it doesn't happen. You know. Yeah. Um what about the, your own score, your goals, lack of goals, maybe against, up to, you got three, I know, against Derry, 
that seemed to solve the problem, but that was in the got, last uh, 20 minutes or so. And we got two against Kildare. We yeah. got two against London. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we won. We won three. We won. Uh, we won all games by uh, by considerable margins, apart from Ross Common. So uh, look, I don't doubt that that our forwards can score enough to win this game. Yeah, you were worried a little bit worried after the West Common match. You know, yeah, they didn't yeah, I, I was. But you know, when 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 I look back and I watched the video, you know, and uh, watched some of the mistakes that we made, and you you can put some of them down to the fact that it, it really was a dead rubber game, you know. Um, but look. Um, I'm not too concerned about whether our forwards are capable of scoring goals or not. I think we've showed um, on enough of occasions that if our forwards get the right ball, they'll do the damage. What about Down? How much? What do you know about them, Nicky? Uh, look, what, I know a bit about them. You know, I suppose you know, like like Ronan Sheehan in Down. I suppose Ronan's been doing the same amount of homework on us as as I've been doing on them. Mm-hmm. Um, undoubtedly, he's been trying to look at videos of us and clips of us and. Trying to read um, reports of us, no different what I've been doing and what Niall and Paul and Connor have been doing, you know. And look, at the end of the day, you can you can sometimes have too much information. Um, look, we know Down are a good team. We we know they're a fast team. We know that they've got lots of strengths um, in the inside forward line around the middle of the field. Um, all good hurlers, very young team. Um, but look, I still I I know the dugout that I'd like to be in. On Saturday week. Yeah, are you you're one of those managers who focuses more on their own team and how they, Yeah, uh, we've got to we've got to impose our own game on Down before we worry about Down's game. Um, I certainly wouldn't be one for going out trying to nullify Down's game, and uh, sacrificing our own game for for that. My my thought and that of the of the coach and the selectors is that we have to impose our game on on top of Down. Yeah, yeah. So uh, this is something that um, your game, like, where do you see your your greatest strengths? Is one to fifteen? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. But I mean, uh, look, you know, you've seen us play. You've seen us play. Um, you've seen some of the mistakes that we've made. You've seen some of the, lots of the pluses that that we've had. You know, um, I suppose from a strength point of view, um, whilst Jack has clocked up. Uh, some huge score lines. We've had a multiple number of scorers in most of our games. Um, you know, we're getting scores from probably five through to fifteen. So you're not concerned about the fact that Jack has, you know, is by a mile. The, I'd be concerned if Jack wasn't scoring them. Mm. Yeah, know. yeah. Look, we all. Yeah, know I know what, he's a free taker. We all know what 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 Jack Regan brings to the game. Um, in in terms of his free taking this year, I think he's brought he's brought his free taking uh, to another level. And uh, his work rate has certainly come up to a level that that you would attribute to a player of his ability. Is there a chance that James Torr could be back as he's, he's looking at um, training or what's the story? In I wouldn't rule it out. Um, you know, James James is on a, a long, long road and has had a number of setbacks. And uh, we have till next Wednesday in which to decide on our 26. Okay, so, well, so, James, so James, like a, a number of other players, will be given that opportunity until... Wednesday of next week. So next Tuesday night will be a difficult night for you, maybe because you're going to have to tell guys uh, you have 26. You can only pick 26. Yeah. yeah. So you have to pick yeah, out the re- you know, ten and guys and really. Been, that's been difficult. Nine anyway. That's that's been difficult up to now, and and how we've how we've done that up to now has kind of been fine, you know. But you know, an Ireland final, you are going to have to. We are going, or I'm going to have to call aside a, a number of players on Tuesday night and say, look. You're part of this group, 
um, you may not appear on the main page, but you will appear on a page. You know. The bottom line is they won't be involved. And you know. Bottom line is 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 that that they won't be involved. But you know, it is it is difficult. It's it's not something that I'm looking forward to. Um, it's it's probably the biggest negative. It's probably the biggest. It's probably the only negative in in terms of what I have to do for the next two weeks. Yeah. Is is having to tell those nine or ten players that who have been with us since November that uh, that they won't be involved on that. Yeah, they've day. trained every night yeah. and and uh, very difficult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd say so. Yeah, it's like telling manager, soccer manager, telling a young fella that his apprenticeship is mm. over or something. Yeah. But well, what do you do? You know, that's that's the that's the hard and fast rules of. Mm. Of the game, and you know, I suppose some players will know probably that they're not going well enough to be to be in that 26. Others will believe they're going well enough to be in the 26. Others will believe that they're going well enough to be in the 15. Mm. You know, so you've there got that. Be, yeah. mm. You've got the expectation of those who believe they should be in the 15. Those who believe they should be in the 26. Um, and look, look. I mean, look. There's no difficult characters there. You know, there's. There's nobody on that panel that that's going to start screaming and shouting because they're not in the 26. You know, we we would have emphasised all year long that the importance of every player on our panel and you, you know the players themselves during certain parts of training in in the league and the championship would would have spoke up when when teams are named and said you know that there's that the people outside of the 26 are just as important in. In this panel, you know. Yeah. But but it is yeah. It is a difficult. It's a difficult task that that's coming down the road. Yeah, as you said, the the least uh, appealing aspect of getting to the final for you and. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but but I'll I'll do that personally with with each one of the players. I won't just name twenty six players and uh, park it there and let let players you know. Yeah. You sort of find out how they're on the court. But but every every one of our players will travel with us. The 35? Every one of them will travel with us. Right, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you'd bring them aside individually and, yeah. and tell them, yeah, that's yeah. your diplomatic skills will be tested. No, look, I, I suppose whether it's, whether it's diplomacy or, or not, it's, uh, I think it's, it's out of respect. I think those guys need to be spoken to on a one-to-one -one basis, you know? Yeah. You know, they've given it as much as, as the 15 who are going to start and as, and as the further 11 who will be on the bench. You know, yeah. they've, they've given as much time and as much commitment. You talk about your strengths, one to fifteen, you say, or whatever. Mm. You know, there are, but where is um, the weakness of it today? With the two defence shots, soft goals against Derry, perhaps. Ah, look, yeah. I, I I watched them again, you know, and one of them was a mistake. Um, one of them was a real mistake, you know, probably lack of communication. The second one was um, was two players collided. Dara had uh, the ball in his hand, and him and Jar, they collided, and the ball came out of uh, Dara's hand. Yeah, yeah, it's going to happen. Anytime. It happens, you know. <laughs> sure. It's contact sport, you know. You know, you're you're expecting when when one of your players are in possession, you're expecting close support. You know, Jar was close to him, and as they turned, they collided. The ball came out of his hand, and it ended up in the back of the net. So uh, more, you weren't too concerned about him. It's just you know, there's a look. There's, yeah. You would be concerned if you lost the game to it. You'd be very yeah, concerned, yeah, you know, be, because yeah. we wouldn't be having the conversation here now. Yeah. But. But uh, you know, strengths. Look, our goalkeeper is probably one of one of our biggest strengths um, in the team. You know, he's so reliable. You know, his his pockets are superb. He's uh, his ability to pick a man out is is great. He's shot stopping, as we know, as we've seen, as clubs are going to see for the next four months as well. You know, you know, Shane, Shane again. Uh, to me, 
he's improving again. You know, yeah. he's, he's he's getting better. Um, and he 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 is probably in the top four or five keepers in the game. I would say so in the country. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Um, just in terms of, like you run a business, office supplies, mm. isn't it? Uh, office fit out, yeah. Office fit out. Mm. Um, but next week you'll be preoccupied totally, will you, by this? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm actually taking most of next week after me. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Um, I've, I've a great team of, of people who work for me or work with me, and uh, so next week I'm, I'm probably gonna finish up sometime around either Tuesday or Wednesday. Is it just to give you headspace to deal? Yeah, with it? like my business, we're, we're, we're extremely busy at the minute and there's a lot going on and you know being one of the business owners of a multi-million pound business you kind of you know it's not uh, it's time consuming as well but look for next week I've got to have my head in the right place and that's and that that comes for taking holidays yeah and uh, yeah so uh, how many do you employ what's, uh, what's how many would you employ? 16 of us 16 right but between between the office in Ireland and the office in London right and what's the name of the company IIS Space IIS Space IIS Space, space. okay yeah. Uh, yeah so um, it'll be focused on the whole end tactics strategies mm. everything all the some logistics of it some of my staff would have you believe that that my focus is on hurling first and that <laughs> secondary on my well, business maybe, but maybe yeah but well, how do you balance that? Like, balance uh, well, that must look, be definitely, definitely in in this couple of weeks, my focus will only be in one place, and my 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 colleagues in my business will look after the other side. So, as you can hear there, Jimmy, yeah, yeah, Nick, Nick. Nick makes a, a huge big sacrifice in work. He basically is taking this week off work to uh, yeah, and he concentrate runs, solely on the game. He runs a very successful company, but uh, oh, look, he spends every every waking hour, I'd say, you know, either uh, talking about work or sort of the hurling, preparing for the hurling, because, uh, you know, inter-county manager... We, we might look, look at the Christie Ring Cup uh, level and think that uh, there's not a great m- amount of com- commitment needed compared to sort of the uh, the count the top teams the Kilkennys the Tipperaries the Corks, but I uh, Limericks I I would say that we you know that you know um, Nick Fitzgerald spends as much time preparing his team and and thinking about uh, strategy and so on than than. Uh, than another manager, the Sheehy or um, I think a lot of all managers. Cody would, I think every manager will will say that they're put put in as just as much hard work as your Jim Gavins and and your Anthony Cunninghams and your uh, Davy Fitzgeralds and all these people yeah. put in uh, that a lot of all intercounty managers put in a and, huge and amount of work. Nick is also chairman of Kildaki as yeah, well, the Kildaki yeah. and a director Club. of, as you said, of a hugely uh, successful and a director, company. Yeah, as well, yeah. So, so I mean, how he manages everything is is amazing. But he's a very passionate. He's from Waterford, but he's a very passionate hurling man. And uh, you know, he he, he it, bringing a team up to Crow Park. He, you know, you can't underestimate how important it is to people like Nick Fitzgerald. Uh, TJ Riley did it some years ago. Great, another great Horland man from this county. Um, yeah, well. yeah, well, yeah. So the the, uh, the great had a great setup mm-hmm. there as well. Yeah. Uh, so, but it's it's um, you know it's it's going to be, hopefully as you say the atmosphere is going to be great on on Saturday. Uh, yeah, well, one of, one of the players looking forward to the game. Um, again, we'll jump straight back into another interview. Captain Sean Garrity has had a tough time of it with injuries earlier on in the year. Um, I think he explained to you in this interview how serious that injury yeah, was. He, he had a yeah. spleen injury and a kind of an innocuous enough sort of a knock in a challenge match against Derry. Uh, correct, I believe. yeah. So, Abbott Sound, yeah. So we're just having a, a listen to the chat that you had with Meat Hurling captain Sean Garrity. Um, no, I suppose, I suppose um, 
um, we, we played there in 16, as you mentioned, I suppose, to that initial fear factor that, that, that you, 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 um, that you might have it being your first game. We'd be hoping that a lot of lads kind of have, that's gone for a lot of lads. Mm. But, um, look, it still is, as many times as you play there, it's still a different, it's still a different type of pitch. It's in a different stadium that it still will get get, um, get used to. But I think you just notice that in the warm-up on maybe the first five, ten minutes. But after that, the game kind of just takes its its natural flow. Um, that's really when I would have just, from my own experience of it, that after five or ten minutes, you just settle down into your job and you settle into the game. You kind of forget about where you're playing, so to speak. You just focus on your job so on the day. it's the same as any other field, is it? It, 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 I suppose, look, it, it, there is a sense of pageantry to the whole occasion with the with the bus coming underneath the stadium and stuff like that. It's yeah. probably the build-up more so than the actual mm. the actual game itself. Is just, it's just it's 70, game, seven, 70 minutes with 30 lads running around after a small white ball and yeah. trying to stick it over the bar and the net. So it kind of it's probably the build-up more so that you you do realise that probably this is this is different lads than 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 what we've experienced before, but. We'd be kind of just focusing on what kind of on what our build up and keeping to our own routine. I'd imagine the lads would be doing nothing different as regards warm ups or build ups. It'll all be the same. Yeah. What do you work at? Uh, our student? Are you? No, I'm a, I'm a primary school teacher. I'm a, a primary teacher, school right, teacher okay. um, yeah. back in Old Castle there. Brilliant. Yeah. So yeah, yeah it's nice. It's um, I was in Dublin there for a couple of years, so it's nice. It's nice to be right. home. So you'll have uh, plenty of, uh, you know. Um, I suppose next week you working next week. You will be working next working week. Next so, week yeah, yeah, working next week, yeah, working next week, yeah. It'll be impossible really to keep the thoughts away from playing at Crow Park or will you be able to block them out? Um, I, I suppose uh, I, I, I'm 32 in my class this year, so I tell you, 32, 10-year-olds, you you, you, they barely take your mind off of trying to take, take <laughs> yeah, care of them, yeah, to be yeah. honest. But... Um, Look, it's even I, I, I see there's, there's a few kids there in Castle, that's what we in the major hurling area, but they're, they're, they're all, they're, a few of them are going up, already going up, to, going, up to the, going up to the match and things like that, so um, it's, it's, um, it's great to see the buzz in, in, a, in, a, in a place like that, it might be an overly strong hurling area, um, it's great to see, let's say, people down there talking about, talking about the match. Banlock, old, old Castle uh, Van Lockdown yeah, in Kilskeer. They're, they're asking you about it. Like, yeah, yeah, which 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 is nice to see because the overall, I suppose, the growth of the game. We need we need the game being played in areas Christy, like that. Christy Ring, I only read it last night in his book. He said that the most distracting thing for any player is um, people, well wishers coming up in the lead up a couple of days yeah, before a match and sort of. Thing. I mean, they want to wish you well, but you probably prefer. Yeah, it's you know it's, sometimes it can be. It's distracting. Um, yeah, it is. It is. It, it can be like I suppose. We all are, we all kind of our own routines, and I be just I personally just like to kind of switch off myself. I have a few things I like to do myself before a game. Before a game, and um, but I suppose the well wishers did they mean well, but you kind of you're giving them the, the nice the the, 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 the the answer. Thanks very much, but you're staying focused on on, on on your job. It's part and parcel of it. Look at um, when you're trying to grow the game and generate support, it has to be done as well. But um, to be fair, like I'd have a good nucleus of um, my family at home and the club mates at home that they'd be kind of, they know kind of not to be overly, I suppose, chatting about the match to try to find yeah. something else, whether it be a club game or something like that. And um, we kind of kind of switch off from maybe the actual game itself. But what's your routine and how do you? What's your routine? Um, my own routine itself, I, I try and I try I try might just get might get to get a bit of active work, get a bit of um, um, stretching in, some foam rolling in. Um, I usually like do a bit of ball work. Just maybe do it maybe about fifteen twenty minutes. Um, ball roll, and I might just kind of write down a few notes before um, the night before, the day before the game, kind of just reinforcing the job that I need to do in the process and what my role is 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 within the team, and maybe just a few words to say to the lads just before we take the field. And and it's just I've it's kind of done. I've 
worked on it. It's worked well this so far this year. So I kind of am that type of player. I like to have a routine and just kind of no banging the tables. So is it more more just what just say? Ah no, it would it just carry and call you make to them. Um, look, you kind of have to, yeah, you kind of have to judge the, the mood in the in the dressing room itself. Mm. Like you kind of have to sometimes if we're a bit flash, you might kind of just have to g the boys up a bit, but. To be fair, we have some great leaders within within the squad that that, that kind of we, we can get we can kind of sense it ourselves and we can kind of lift it in the warm up and then just before we go out is more so just relaying the key messages that we would have spoke about in team meetings um, prior to the match, just reinforcing it, them, them principles and again just breaking it down that we're playing the match, we're not playing the occasion, we're just playing the match and sticking to what has got us got us. Um, which is what passing which is get to find the next man find your man exactly yeah if you're just working hard making sure we're we're bringing a huge level of intensity that we're moving the ball quick from a def, from an offensive point of view we're getting the ball into a full forward line and then we don't have it we're working really really hard to get it back we're keeping the free counts down all the stuff that that we're in we're in control of so um they just be just relaying the messages um to the boys just 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 before just before we we um kind of hit 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 the field. What about the injury there? It's been injury there. When, when was that? When did you pick up that? Uh, June, January twentieth. January twentieth. This year, wasn't this it? This year, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, how was we played Derry in a challenge match. Um, actually, up in Abbotstown. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it was just, it was just, it's, it's fine now. Everything's good. It was just kind of one of them freak, freak injuries. Like even the belt itself, like it was, um, it was extremely, um, it was extremely kind of just. An accidental type of blow, like I've got worse belts playing. Yeah, it does. It's, it's just below. It's just in behind your ribs there. It, the, the the ribs sort of slightly protected, but are not fully protected by the ribs. But um, yeah, it was just kind of down the ball and kind of got like a bang to the side. I felt grand. I played on for about twenty minutes left. Played on, felt fine. I went home that evening. And I kind of had a bit of a pain in my side and also pain in my shoulder and just mentioned to dad and I kind of cracked her before and I didn't feel like a cracked rib and then dad brought me up and yeah everyone was fine just checking it fine ribs were fine and blood pressure was fine and I was um I was actually I was about to be discharged and I um was walking out the door and I just turned around to dad and said dad I don't feel well and kind of I hit the ground and I collapsed and then from there onwards, they kind of realised there, there, there was something, there was something probably uh, further amiss. And I went down for a CT scan, and once the scan and the scan had showed up that I had, um, I had ruptured my spleen, grade five, basically, basically split in two. There was just a small little bit at the end that was atta- still attached to. So I was rushed up to the matter then, and from then onwards, they kind of they managed not to have to operate and have it removed. They managed the spleen kind of knits it knits back together, so it knitted back together after after plenty of rest. So you, it was you were lucky, I suppose, because yeah? you're only twenty what? Twenty six. Twenty six. Okay, so you're young. Uh, the fact that you were that age and so on obviously helped and so on. Oh, it, it did. Usually with grade five, um, there actually no case study because from grade, if it's grade four or five, you have it removed all the time because your body can cope without it, but it requires um, a course of antibiotics for the rest of your life. So obviously, I didn't want that happening. So once I got there um, to the matter hospital, they kind of were felt that I was young enough and fit enough. That was mo- the big thing that I was definitely was fit enough that they were able to kind of my b- body had kicked into recovery mode nearly already at that stage, and I was kind of my blood levels had stabilised. That they managed basically the bleeding stopped in time that it, it didn't become a serious issue that it needed to come out. Um, so the issue was just the fact that I was young enough and fit enough that that's really I suppose the main reason yeah, why you still have it, I still have it yeah. so uh, yeah so great uh, you're looking forward to it and uh, you know it'll be difficult against down though you know you're 30 I should look it yeah. have you played down before you haven't played down, played down in, in leagues and um, played them in Navin a few years ago played up in Ballycran um, look it down 
down for for years when I started off in the pan and we, we couldn't get a result against down we found it so hard to beat them and I've only ever beaten them once in 2017 in the league and I know they were down a few lads that day so down hurling look I always, I always would think of them probably just behind Antrim so they're going to bring a huge a huge challenge um, you see the scores they're putting up in the last two three games like they're, they're hitting at 7 20 something there against Donegal and three goals again the last day against Roscommon so we know we have to be defensively we need to be really really switched on on, on with these lads um, to make sure that we're not giving ourselves a mountain to climb I suppose when you think back to 16 twice we gave ourselves mountains to climb at half time I know we, we, we came back each time but we'd rather not be in that position at half time that we kind of have to just go for it we, we kind of have to come off plan a bit so we'll be hoping that we can keep it a lot tighter this time Okay. How long were you playing for me? When did you break your senior? I club? started twenty what twenty fourteen, I think it was Killian Farrell's last year. I I was asked I was in the band. Around then yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's maybe my fifth year playing, yeah. So Sean, as you can hear there, looking forward to getting back to Crow Park. Um well aware that you know, Mead have the experience of playing there in big games before, but he still expects it to be a an exciting atmosphere and a game that against, you know, what's expected to be a tough down team. I know down were beaten by Derry in the first round of the Christie Ring Cup and Derry only had 14 players. And of course, Mead accounted for Derry in the semi-final. So if logic is to be followed and form is to be followed, Mead will be favourites for Saturday. But in finals and especially in hurling finals, form goes out the window as we saw in the Leinster Championship last week yeah that was a very interesting uh, interview, uh, uh, chat I had there with Sean alright yeah um, look um, Fergal Ulster teams they bring with them to the table they always bring a tremendous uh, physicality uh, desire to win favourites does it, does it make any difference really you know uh, down have lost one of their matches in, in this campaign Mead haven't won that's about all that makes Mead favourites in in this, so but I mean it's a very marginal, tight uh, uh, difference between the two of them, you know. And look, it it could the old proverbial puck of a ball, all the rest of it, we could we could go there. But you know, certainly Meath have been playing better uh, in each game as as they've gone on. They started well against uh, London and they played, but it was a very comfortable victory. But they've they've tightened up. They were very um, committed against uh, Derry. They were, it was a very close match. It, it, but in the closing stages, Mead found that extra gear, and, that, and that's something that Nick would be very encouraged about, and the, his management team. Another man looking forward to the game as well on Saturday is fullback Dara Kelly. Dara has uh, really burst onto the Mead hurling scene. I know he was involved with Dublin at underage level, but he's very much a, a retot club man now, and uh, his colours are very firmly nailed to the mast. His, his colours are green and gold now, and he's really looking forward to the game in Crow Park on Saturday. While you were chatting to Nick and Sean at Trim last Wednesday night, I caught up with Dara and had a quick word with him. I was just said to Nick there earlier on, it's great to be doing these type of interviews and press nights. It means that uh, something is happening in Mead Hurling. Oh yeah, look, I think over the last couple of years, everybody's been working big time and the team themselves have kind of come together and pushed people. There's people getting back involved. There's there's numerous people helping us out in all different aspects of it, and I suppose the team itself has come together. And there's we've 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 thirty odd lads down training, and we're pushing each other. And like anyone can get that one to fifteen jersey on Saturday. So 
it's it's coming along big time and it's where we want to be and we want to be playing John McDonough Hurling and, and in fairness to the GAA it's it's one of the best competitions they've ever came out with it so mm. we want to be in that and we want to be pushing and we feel like we, we, can, we can do justice in that you know Everybody remembers the excitement around 2016 when we were in the Ring Cup final before and it, there's that buzz again even though there might be that disappointment of dropping out of Joe McDonough there's the realisation that this team is you know, good enough to win it again and it's great to be competing for silverware Oh yeah, big time. There's 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 an awful lot of lads there still involved in that team, and I think the disappointment um, of our John McDonough campaign last year really kind of sat with us. And that's one thing we kind of set out at the start of the year: is make sure that we win this Christie Ring, get back into John McDonough, get back where we want to be playing, and ultimately, like we'll see where we can go after that. But that the, the John McDonough is just a great competition, and we we want to make sure we get the win on Saturday to be back where we think we should be. Well, that's it. Without looking too far ahead and or assuming anything from Saturday. Would you feel that this team or the squad as a whole are better prepared to contest in the competition like the Joe McDonough maybe than it would have been two years ago when they first came into it? Um, yeah, I think so. I think with the, with the number of lads, as I was saying, coming in, um, again, there's 30-odd lads there and, and people around the county that could get that 1-15 to jersey. So everybody's pushing themselves and everybody wants to be involved, which, which, is, which is great. Like I, I suppose years back, it was, it was a case of dragging together a team where everybody's pushing it themselves this year and we two, three players for every single position and like whoever gets that jersey has to make sure they grab it and keep it. And how did you find the campaign? It was a fairly comprehensive wins over London and Kildare and then I suppose the Roscommon game was a bit of a non-event really in terms of both teams had already qualified and having to get yourselves back up for last week was an impressive performance to score 323 yeah it was good like we we took each game at a, a, each time um we didn't look too far ahead of ourselves we we wanted to take each game as it came and we set it we set ourselves a little ladder and it was one game first second game third second and then we just kind of pushed on and i suppose we've we've seen it all that we've seen the northern style of hurling that Derry play and down would be similar enough they like to play the kind of the football style hurling where they they bring the ball around the middle they work it well they don't really take much pot shots and they love they love getting goals and Down's strongest point all year has been their, their goal threat so we have to make sure we cut that out fairly early on Saturday. Just from your own personal point of view then you're part of a retote setup that has uh, really climbed that ladder that you spoke about a few minutes ago fairly rapidly it's uh, hurling in retote has really become nearly a number one sport down there isn't it? Yeah well uh, <laughs> I can't be saying that I can't be calling them that but look um, no it's it's going great bow codes um, I suppose the, the youth in Rotoad has, has just been phenomenal like um, every player is, is under the age of 30 on our team I think on both on bow codes so Look, we won intermediate two, three years ago, and we want to make sure that we we've, we're stepping a ladder. I think we were quarter final two years ago, semi final last year, so we want to get to that next step this year and make sure we get to a final. And I think we've a good representation in here this year. We've six lads in, and um, we've a good couple with the footballers as well. So it's just a balancing game, but hopefully we we can we can take home take it home this year. You were coming from a, a Dublin setup as well at underage level, weren't you? Weren't you playing underage at Dublin? And how do you find then? The difference in the structures. I know there was a time there where Mead and Dublin hurling was very level, and then Dublin hurling took off again. What what do you see has been the difference in structures, or why would that have happened? Oh well, look, I suppose like everybody kind of says the money, the sponsors, the everything, but like the pool of players that the, that Dublin have to select from is, is is just is madness, and like 
that's down to nothing. That's just down to geography of Dublin being the most populated area yeah, in the yeah. country. Like you know, so look, we have what we we have out here, and we've been dealing with it. And again, this year and even last year, like the lads pushing each other. There's there's numerous players coming in, and there's two three players for every single position, and that it's, it's great. Like you know, it's it's not a given now that you have that jersey. You have to work for it, no matter who you are. And, that's that's what it is, and that's why we are where we are. And would you even would you suggest that Mead might be even punching above their weight in in terms of what is there sixteen or is it no? There's twelve senior clubs, mm. um, and to have such an abundance of, of quality players, would you would you reckon Mead would might be punching above their weight at this yeah, level? Yeah, big time. But like you know, like Mead would be a, a predominantly football county, you know. So we're we're trying to climb that step to to be where we are on the same on the same level as the footballers and. It's 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 tough in a way, but like it is what it is. We have to deal with it is, and the players that are coming in. It's 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 brilliant to see, like you know, and the and the the, the growth in the coming up in the underage is brilliant as well. Like even I know my own club, are told we have two three teams at every single age coming up, and those lads pushing it. So it's brilliant. Look, at best of luck on Saturday, and hopefully we'll get to enjoy the celebrations like we did before. Thanks a million. So it's all systems go, Jimmy, towards the. Uh Christy Ring Cup final. Everybody is eagerly looking ahead to it. Um, I suppose Meads will look at their strength and depth and their their just their recent run of good form. And it's hard to beat. It's hard to break a winning momentum, and it's hard to beat a good run. And and it's something that they will hope to build on. Players like uh, Jaxie Regan, when you see what he's capable of from dead balls and also from open play. But not just Jaxie then, you have some outstandingly talented hurlers as well. And Gavin McGowan, I'm not sure if Eamon O'Donica is going to come back into the scene. He's been out injured for a while. Injured, yeah. But uh, James Kelly as well in midfield, of course, Sean Garrett. Or Adam Gannon has Adam come back Gannon and he's added a huge amount now to uh, the play. Yeah, what I like about this uh, team, the way they're playing at the moment, Fergus, is the way they can change uh, approach in terms of the, you can use a cross-field ball, they can pass the ball around. If if it's you know I'm sure if it's a, it's a wet day they can they can send play it long as well, very well. So they have the, that sort of mixture of strategies that is um, very good. You know has been proved very beneficial to them so far, and I'm sure that uh, it, it'll help them again against Down. Right. Well, so while Mead are our favourites, I won't say raging hot favourites, but they're favourites with the bookmakers to regain the Christie Ring Cup. Um, it's not so for the footballers in on Sunday where they're going in as sixteen to one underdogs against a a nine in a row. Has Leinster. ever has ever a me team gone in so far off the uh, off the betting off the betting? You know? Yeah, well, as as we can hear from the interviews, the few interviews that we did today, the me players are paying no attention to that. They're focusing on their own job, and that's very much the message that came out from the camp last week when I spoke to to a few of them. Is that the focus is completely on their own performance, on their own jobs. They all know what they have to do. Everybody is well aware of what Dublin are like. People know Dublin are going for five All-Irelands in a row. That's no fluke. They're going for nine Leinster titles in a row. They're going for, is it 14 out of the last 15 Leinster titles? It's, so it's it's no fluke that Dublin are the superior football inside. Probably this Dublin team is the greatest Dublin football team or this generation of it the last five, six years have been the greatest generation of Dublin footballers that the country, of any well, group the, of footballers. The best team maybe ever in the history yeah. of Gaelic football. Like, arguably, sure. Okay, 
well, I, I don't mean, even think Ke- it's Ke- arguable. Kerry, well, Kerry won four in a row, obviously, in the late seventies, early eighties. So there, but I mean, if if Dublin win their fifth this year, which they probably will, I saw. I was walking, which would be six and seven years or something. If they yeah, were to win. You know, I, was, I was walking by. Uh, uh, through Dublin there the other day and I saw a massive big flag of for, for a sale up for Dublin a magnificent five it said on it you know so the flags are being prepared already no doubt the t-shirts are on their way as well just as they were uh, for Kerry in 1982 when they were, they were uh, given uh, you know everybody expected them to win by a mile against uh, Kerry and win the f- or against yeah, Offaly and win the five in a row uh, so everything has been prepared for them but Fergal look um, meet any chance Jimmy? Go- no I'm sorry Fergal <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so often a chance to win I've yeah, often I, I, asked you for one word answers and I yeah, don't think I've ever got them a before, chance to win a chance to win is that what yeah. you what do you think I'm an eternal optimist when it comes to Mead football. Have, have Mead got a chance I to win for always, I always give Mead a chance. I always give Mead a chance. I think local derbies, all form goes out the window. I know you can't throw all Dublin form out the window what they're capable of in this instance. But I think a Mead and Dublin game brings out something different. Uh, I think, as we said, form goes out the window as as... as you said a couple of times on this podcast uh, when referencing the great Sean Boyle and they eat the same potatoes we do. And I, I think on the day, okay, everything has to go right for Mead. Everything. Absolutely everything. We need a lot they, of They'll need all well. their scores. They will need, they'll need goals. And a lot will have to go wrong for Dublin. A lot will have to go wrong for Dublin. But these things have happened before, Jimmy. Sport is a funny old game, as Jimmy Greaves used to say. It's a funny old game. Well, and uh, uh, look. I, I think we definitely have the the players capable of rocking Dublin. Do we? Well, yes, we most certainly do. I think we definitely have the players capable of rocking Dublin. We have a development plan that's in place now that Mead football is going to be in a hugely more significant place in the next two, three years than it has been at any stage and probably in the last eight or nine. But would you not have to say that D- Dublin are about three or four years ahead of Mead in terms of development uh, squad? Well, all things been equal, yes, absolutely. They are probably even more. But when I look at players like Killian O'Sullivan, uh, James Conlon, who's brand new to the scene, only made his first start the last day, Mickey Newman, Brian Menton, Donald Keoghan, James McEntee, Connor McGill, Andy Colgan developing into a brilliant goalkeeper. D- Shane McEntee, what a transformation he's had in the last couple of years. Unbelievable footballers, outstandingly talented players that are only, I know Keoghan and Menton are probably a few more years down the line, but that are only two, three years into their d- real serious development as inter-county footballers. If things click on Sunday, I think... I don't want to sound foolish and say, oh, Mead are going to win because people will land on it, latch onto it straight away and say, oh, that gobshite thinks Mead are going to win. Obviously, Dublin are 33 to 1 or 50 to 1 on favourites for a reason, and Mead are 16 to 1 outsiders, and there's a 12 point spread in the handicap. But I think we can rattle them. I think that 12 well, rattle, points. Well, what's rattling them, Fergal? You know, lo- losing by. Five, six, I, n- I never, uh, I never five, say losing. Points. I never say losing. I'm not going to go into the game and say say we're losing. I think, I think the spread is very, very generous to be within twelve points. So I think if we, if as I said, stuff goes wrong for Dublin and everything goes right for Mead, 
I think an upset could be on the cards. So remember you, so five you, past Cluxton. I think we all remember five past Cluxton. Well, yes, yeah. Well, yeah. well yeah. they were a different uh, Dublin team at that stage. Oh, well, you know, absolutely. Uh, now they have the strength, that incredible strength and depth. But they, they have, have an aura they have, about they them. They have right? another 15 players that can come on there. No, they certainly don't. Well, I, I, don't, I, I think don't they agree have, with that. I have a, their, their strength and depth is, is greater than yeah. any other team They have Ireland five or six. Mile. They definitely don't have 15. They have five well, or six. Okay, maybe not. Fi- well, you know, you know my yeah, point. But yeah. uh, they have a, a huge strength and depth. Um, uh, what will fascinate, fascinate me about it is uh, how Mead will approach it. You know they'll need to go to obviously bring players back as they do always. They did it against Carlo. You know they did it funnel back. I was talking to our colleague John Smith there earlier on, who uh, I was saying that to him as well. Uh, how you know uh, they need to bring players back as they will, but they have to get it right in terms of uh, in terms of the kickout. Uh, will the condensed midfield if they lose? How are they? How are they going to counteract the Dublin kickout? That's well, another. That's another question, and uh, they'll have to be able to break very quickly. Now, great thing about this me team is that they are probably in the best conditioned, best trained, best prepared me team ever. You, you might say they're a very, very well conditioned team this year. Maybe that's to do with the fact well, that's uh, the way the game has gone, rather well, than rather than. Uh, a reflection on previous me teams. It's just the way the game. No, of course, yeah, absolutely, yeah. I mean, they've been brought along by this tide of, but they are better than last year. They're more, they're better conditioned than last year. Clearly, yeah, yeah, Yeah. better, fitter than last year. About to play our fourth game in Leinster, we didn't, we didn't, yeah, but have two two championship games. I think even when they started out in this in this championship this year. They were a better prepared team than last year, yeah. and uh, so, and as Andy referred at him, re- referenced that himself after the, uh, the, the the last game, you know, he said they were stronger, yeah, and, against, and they, they Leach, undoubtedly yeah. are. But they, they, whether they have the, uh, the well, you the, asked the, the ability there. to get the ball into the forwards quick enough, often enough. What are they going to do with Mickey Newman? Are they going to play him uh, deeper? Or is he going to have to come chase him back all the time? You know, I mean, all that's that's going to be well, fascinating. Well, I did ask, I did ask Andy, and I, we're going to hear the interview that both myself and Sean Wall, the other voice you will hear asking some of the questions, is Sean Wall. Um, I did ask Andy. You know, there's a temptation there to when you go out to play Dublin to change your tactics and you know, keep it respectable, try and stay in the game until the closing stages. Uh, so, it, it is the temptation there to set up defensively as me did a few years ago and that didn't exactly work out well and um, but Andy is of the opinion that no that's not going to be the plan they have their style of football uh, it's one they've been trying to develop over the last couple of years and is, it's still going to develop what is that style is it it's, it's, it's funneling back basically basically what it is uh, did against Carlo is everybody going back behind the ball when the opposition have the ball. And I spoke about that myself too. I know you're going to uh, play uh, Andy now very shortly, but I spoke about that Killian O'Sullivan. And he was saying that it's not necessarily a game plan. It's just the way it happens, the way a game unfolds. Yeah, that's a a different thing. That's not a game plan. It's not, the the game plan isn't get everybody behind the ball. No, but that's what happens invariably. The game plan ends up tracking your player. So if you end up tracking your player back into your own half, invariably then you're going to end up behind the ball. But there is... A plan there that when me do win a break, uh, or create a turnover, win the ball back, then everything is done at pace. And we saw against mm. Leash that when Mead moved the ball at pace, when they attack a half back line with with runners off the shoulder, an overlapping ball, and plenty of pace, 
They sure. can punish any defence. Oh, and yeah. that Dublin full back line, I don't care what anybody says, can be got at. Well, they can be got at, but mostly, I think, from the high ball. They've been proven time and again uh, vulnerable to that. Yeah. But we don't play the high ball now very often. Very Look, well, I, have, I have a 12-minute chat here, as I said, with Andy McEntee. And you'll also hear from Finian Myrtle, one of the selectors and one of the probably legends of Meads GA as well. Uh, from back in the 80s who's a selector of course with Andy this year so Finno is in on this interview as well where we also talk about the spirit of Mead football and following in the history of those giants of men that went before in the 80s and the 90s so uh, we'll just ha- have a listen to this interview now uh, Look at I mean five in a row realistically has, has nothing to do with us it's, it's something that everybody else is talking about about, about a different team uh, our approach is that we want to go out and we want to put up the best performance we can possibly put up on the day. And that's that's all we can think about. I mean, uh, what other people are doing is, is outside of our control. So mostly you're really concerned about your own team, you're not taking yeah. a lot of... No, I mean, it's, it's, it's about, I mean, obviously we have to, we have to take count of, of Dublin, but uh, the, the important thing for us is that we create the proper environment for the fellas to perform to their best and that's that's our job and that's that's what we have to do over the next week and a half and would you say that um, after getting promotion to division one and winning three games already in the Leinster championship that there's a little bit of pressure off that would be to an advantage going in on Sunday week I suppose, yeah, you could say that. I mean, there's obviously there's pressure every time you go out. Uh, every time you put on a, a me jersey, you put pressure on yourself to perform. I suppose expectation levels going into the pr- three previous games were different than they are going into uh, the game on Sunday week. So that in itself might change what people perceive to be pressure. Would there be any idea in your head to go out as me teams have in the past and set up defensively in the recent past against Dublin set up defensively against them and try and you know this idea of staying in the game until the last 10 minutes and then seeing where that takes you or is it we have our own game plan and we we stick to that oh look I think we've we've uh, we've tried to develop a way of playing uh, over the last over the last three years and you know maybe it's making a little bit of progress I think every year uh, more unlikely, more likely to change it for one for one particular game. Uh, I think again, it's 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 how we perform and how we play that's that's really going to concern us. So you really need one more massive performance to achieve your goal of Super Eights football, be that next Sunday or whatever comes after that. Sure. Um, I mean, re- regardless. I mean, I'm saying this to someone else. I mean, next Sunday won't won't uh, determine whether this year was a success enough for us. It's not going to be the the, the turning point. Uh, we have one game to play and one game to win to get into the Super 8s. If that's not next Sunday, well then the safety net has been removed and uh, we're still in a position where we need one win to get into the Super 8s. Do you take hope and heart then when you look at the performances that you produced against Donegal and seeing what Donegal have done so far in the Championship and I see in some quarters they're now ranked as the number two team in the country. Uh, just after Dublin. So do you take heart? Do you look at those two games and say, you know what, on any given Sunday is 
Robert De Niro. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah. Uh, well, look, I suppose it, it does. It does stack up. I mean, the fact that we uh, we put up two good performances against against Donegal, and and they're now they're now uh, rated so highly after a very good performance themselves last weekend. But again, we can we can look at elsewhere. We can look at Donegal, and we can look at Dublin, and we can look at everybody else. You know, our concern is. Is, is what we can do and uh, that's that's the only thing that's under our control really. yeah. and then just in terms of it being the local derby and, and the old enemy and the whole lot and, and very close to enemy lines up there and Dunboyne and sure. involved in Ashburn and, and with Ballyboden as well um, what, is, what does this mean for you if you can remove yourself as a manager and uh, as a mead manager but, but leaving on your former mead players hat and I suppose Finno as well would have a have an opinion on what it was like to play against Dublin and what it means to to Meade to play against Dublin. There's always it's been different. A, it is different, yeah, and, and there's there's always been a healthy. You say healthy respect or healthy disrespect? I'm no, not too sure. Oh, it's healthy respect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's been a health. There's a healthy respect, you know, certainly for for anybody. Uh, I think of of my myself and Finno's era and before about for, for Dublin because. Ultimately, there would you measure yourself against, you know. So, uh, uh, having said that, what we what we've done and what we've experienced is, is really in the past. It's part of it's part of Mead folklore. It's part of what what fellas are going up on, and it's up to it's up to this crowd to, uh, to the next generation to, to create the same same respect, I suppose, and the same sort of rivalry that everybody would like to see. But it's that folklore and that legend that really drives the mead spirit, isn't it? It's 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 men like uh, Martin O'Connell's and your Colm O'Rourke's and your Jack Quinn's and Paddy O'Brien's and men, you know, great men that have gone before that have created the mead spirit that sometimes rises to the top. And and you would like to think that that could be Yeah, a, I mean that, I think that's that's part of our that's part of our history uh, and a huge part of our history. Uh, and I'd like to think that it's that it, you know it's it's you know it's performances and men and, and, and values that they had what that would that will drive this current generation but it's up to this current generation to go out and create their own sort of history and uh, as I say it's 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 our job to, to try and facilitate that the best way we can. And do you think they're capable of that over the next couple of years to pull it up to Dublin like as it was back in the 80s and early 90s. Yeah, I think they are. I think, uh, I think the, st- the standard of, 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 of young lad coming through over the last couple of years, that they're uh, underage and they're 17 and 18 and they're 20s over the last uh, five or six years, have been very, very good. And uh, they've been very competitive. They've been competitive against, against the likes of Dublin, against in Kildare and Leinster, you know, and I think that's, that can only bode well for the future. And uh, I think the fact that We've we've done so well this year. We'll encourage other lads who maybe thinking maybe this is not for me or maybe I, I won't. We might encourage them to think otherwise and, and stay home for the summer. The kids are in college, stay home for the summer and, and commit to a county team. And you know, I think that can only go, be good. And you know, and I always say it's it's easier for a successful team successful team to stay successful simply because. The carrot is there, you know. When you get there, if you're successful, you, you seem to get all that, that's going, and it's easy for them kids to, to commit to that, and it's easy for kids to commit to a 
a successful team, but not an unsuccessful way to change. Change will be better here, and, and what's the point? And that's that's just the way it is. So you know, the more successful we can be, better the better chance we have of, of lads committing to it down the year in the next couple of years. You know, yeah. over the last couple of years, the underage teams have been have been very very good, yeah. very very very, very uh, competitive, and that's that's what you need. And you know, please God, you know, a lot of them lads will will come in over the next couple of years and and, and push it on again. You know. Would you say what's coming down the line? Um, is better than when Mead made the breakthrough when back in 1986? I don't know. I don't know about that because we're a few very good underage teams, and it's 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 when you look back on 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 the, on the, on the success that Mead had from say it's the 86 and the, then in the 1990s, 1993, 96, 99, they were all really based on good minor teams coming through. You know. Uh, 1980, we played in a very, very good minor team, and we had four or five lads in that there. And the, the following year, we had a very good minor team. We got to an all final in 83 as well. And they were all the backbone of, of those teams in 87 and 88. And then when we got to one in, in, in our in 1990 and 93, 92. 92 and they were all the backbone of 96 and 99. So if you have that, if you have that, you have a great chance. So because them lads are playing at a high level, and they're going in with no fear of playing the top teams. And that's that's what fear kind of, kind of, I think fear kind of paralyzes a lot of lads, you know. And if they haven't got that fear, you're you're on a winner, you know. You, you, if they haven't got that fear going in against the, the better teams, you have a good chance. So is that what the likes of James McEntee and Killian O'Sullivan and Porrick Harnan and yeah, well, those and, lads that have come and, off the 2012 and, and, yes, final? Yes, and he was involved in, on the on the 2012 team, and a lot of them lads are, are on the panel now, and and you know, it's 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 great to see. That's I think that should be the natural order of things. If if you, if you do produce good good underage teams, you should be you should you have a better chance of, of producing a good senior team. But you, but you do need a core of uh, experienced men to that you know when yeah. you know, Darren Fays and Paddy Reynolds and Mark O'Reilly's were coming onto the Mead team in '96, they were coming in with men like Tommy David and Mark McConnell and, and, yeah. and Colin Coyle that mm. were leading the way. So the older guys, there's a huge emphasis on them to to be leaders for these younger guys too, isn't it? Of course, I think we have that now. You know, Donald Kilgan, I know he's from McKenney, but he can't help that. But Donald Kilgan will choose your friends, but you can't choose your family. Donald Kilgan will be regarded as one of the best players. You've heard it on television over the last couple of weeks, and the fellas are talking about him. But to me, that's long overdue, because we've seen Donald over the last few years, and we've watched Donald over the last six or seven years. He's been a phenomenal player for me. And he's such a quiet, shy on a cinnamon gas, you know, and he is, you know, they used to say, they'd say it, it's Callum Oropish, quiet, shy, and on a cinnamon, which was far from the truth. Yeah, yeah. Don't think he's is. Yeah, he's yeah. probably too quiet and shy yeah, at times. Yeah. But when he goes out in the public field, he's, he's you know, he, you, you know you're going to get an 8 out of 10 every, every time you go out. And sometimes it's even, even better than that. Which is, you know, he shows, he, just, he doesn't have to say anything, he just leads by, just the way he performs, the way he carries himself and the way he performs. And he's not alone, there's, 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 there's three or four fellas that find that in the same, exact same. And uh, I think, I think you know, you might have that coming in the next couple of years, you might have that. Another man who's grown into real leaders as well, Conor McGill has grown into a, a real leader there as well, and even Killian from a younger, from a younger generation again. Is, yeah, is Killian, is, Killian is a different kind of fella. He's a different, different type of leader. Different yeah. kind of personality. But he's, he's great, you know, 
when I'm the aspect to get involved, the one thing I, I, I always miss when I'm not involved in either whether a, a team is in dressing. You're in dressing and you experience these lads and, and, and their personalities. It makes it all worthwhile, you know? And, and if you win in, it's a bonus. But just to be involved with them and just, just being, being there with them and having a chat with them and having a crack with them, and you see how hard they work. You know, they work phenomenally hard. You know, and, and the, level of, the level of preparation over the last couple of years has gone up. You know, it's gone up every year, but it, since we were playing, it, it's, it's just out of this world. And you just admired, admired the levels that they're at, you know, how, how to get to that level. And it's, 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 it's just, it's fantastic to see, to see them, uh, and, and, and getting a little bit of reward, getting the defensive final, it's, it's just a reward that, that both teams deserve, some of them don't get it, but I think they deserve the reward to get in the defensive final. Hopefully, just, hopefully they'll get that and more so. And yeah, well, they've got to perform, they have to perform, and they know that, you know, they have to perform. Obviously the two boys are, are, are talking there about the, it's up to the players to create their, their own history, to create their own legend, to follow in the footsteps of those great men that we spoke about in that interview. And uh, and you can hear from Finian Murta there, he's very passionate about it and he, he believes that they are on the right track. And it is something that the, this game is something that the players are looking forward to. And I spoke to two of the players at the, uh, at the media night as well. I spoke to both James McEntee and Ben Brennan. And... There was a very calm and influence coming off both lads, very well, they're, they're confident and calm and in they're, that. They're working, know. of course, with the psychology sport. I know everybody does, you know. So all that, well, we, you know, they've, they've won a couple of uh, Leinster Championship games now, and that's surely going to feed into their confidence and their well-being. Uh, but you know, the it, this it's still faced the reality of trying to overcome uh, a, a force of nature, really. Yeah, that well, this Dublin team has uh, become and uh, I'm afraid I'd love to be able to share your optimism Fergal but I'm afraid well you yeah know. you know maybe it's a fool's optimism but you know it's it's an eternal optimism uh, I just I, I, I still I always think Liverpool are going to win the league every year I still think Trim are going to win the senior football championship this year even though they're not in it it's that type of blind mad optimism that I have but uh, it, it's 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 something that keeps keeps the heart pumping, Jimmy, and as we always say, it's it's probably the hope that kills you in the end. But um, but but we still have that hope. And and I, again, before you jump in, I want to play the interview with James McEntee now, where you know you get that calm and influence off James, and he's just back from injury. He's had a he's studying down in Cork, so he's back at the team with the team now full time. Just finished his exams, and he's really really looking forward to the game. You say you're going. She, she's going to college. You're back in college yourself. Um, the travelling up and down from Cork must be. Has it been difficult, or, or what? What has it been like? Um, yeah. Well, actually, I finished exams there a couple of weeks ago, so I am back back home in Mead for the summer. Um, so it's made my life an awful lot easier. Um, yeah, it was. It was tricky because this year I was very busy with college, and then obviously coming up, coming home on a Friday, and then back down to Cork on a Sunday. Um, that was kind of my routine and then do my bit of training during the week uh, down there like we had the college football which kind of kept me kept me going throughout the year um, so it was just tricky kind of balancing everything like you know between the the exams study the travel and, and the football but um, but yeah it, it's ideal now for the summer that I only have the one focus so yeah 
So when you got back then, when you were getting back up and the league football was, was up and running, were you finding it difficult to get into the flow with the rest of the team or was it just still coming natural? Um, I suppose I would have been... I, yeah, I would have missed a couple of trainings during the week, but because I was there every weekend and like we, the kind of, this group is kind of, well, certainly management's been here for three years and I've been here for a few years as well, so I kind of have a fair idea kind of what's of what's going on and the kind of buzz around the team. So, uh, no, I didn't really find that that kind of disrupted things too much. Um, yeah. Were you injured early on in the start of the league? Um, I got an injury halfway through the league. Um, it was actually it was in the Sigerson semi-final um, against Galway, I think. Um, so that came at a bad time. Um, obviously, I missed the Sigerson final, which was which was annoying now. But um, and then missed a couple of couple of league games, but made it back for the last couple then. Um, so, but yeah, that like it wasn't really that bad an injury. It was only a couple of weeks. It's just bad timing, really. Um, but now I've been I've been fine since. Thank God. And then. Looking ahead, I suppose the aims at the targets at the beginning of the year, of course, were promotion to Division One, and I suppose the remaining target now is the Super Eights. Yeah. Going into a Leinster final against Dublin is a fairly daunting experience. It would be for any team. How do you approach the Leinster final? Um, look, yeah, like obviously Super Eights is, is is a target of ours, but um, we're not going to look past it past this Sunday. Like we're just going out there, try um, do everything to perform to our to our best and. See where that takes us. Um, it doesn't like the fact is that um, we just have to win one more game um, to get to the Super Eight. So be it this weekend or if this weekend doesn't go to plan, then it the following game um, we can get to the Super Eight. So, um, but we'll start this Sunday, yeah, just with trying to just trying to do our best and see how it goes. Do you look at the two games against Donegal as the yardstick and, and say, look, if we can get to this level of performance plus another 10%, that you're capable of, of rattling Dublin? Um, yeah, look, I don't think we've really referenced it to Dublin, but we certainly, I think the couple of games against Donegal, like you see, they're, they're obviously flying at the minute. Um, and they're, um, we have, yeah, like I thought we played pretty well against them up in Ballybuffet and in the league final. Um, probably some of our best football throughout the league. So we'd kind of, yeah, we'd kind of use it as a yardstick, as you say, it's kind of um, of kind of showing what we're capable of when we play well, and we're just hoping to kind of take the best of those couple of performances and maybe a bit more and try bring it to this weekend. Yeah. Other other mead teams have gone out um, in 2014 and uh, other times against Dublin with probably a negative sort of attitude, a damage limitation sort of approach, which didn't really work out. Is that a, an idea that could be in the mind of, you know, well, if we go damage limitation, it could turn out worse than anybody might think? Um, no, I, 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 to be honest, I, I think we'll just be kind of sticking to what we've been doing the last while um, um, and just trying to bring that to Sunday. I, yeah, I don't think we'll try to do uh, a huge amount different, um, just try to do it better if you know what I mean um, and yeah that's just kind of the focus at the minute and after the leash game there was a little bit of and it was great to, to win a Leinster semi-final by 11 points but there was a little bit of negativity from some sections of, of people the way they were talking that it wasn't a high level performance but how did you feel after that game it was a, a good win um, yeah it was a good win um, and he actually said when he came out and spoke to us that you know he, he, when he came back into the dressing room everybody seemed a little bit low after it yeah, I think just because 
there was just spells of the game that were below par. Um, like obviously the result was was fairly was comfortable, comf- well not that was com- it was convincing in the end, um, maybe a bit flattering, but yeah, there, I think it was just because we've set high standards for ourselves, and there was periods of the game that were that weren't great. Like so, we'll be looking to um, we'll be looking to improve on on a good bit from that game. Um, but yeah, there's plenty of learning points from it, so which isn't a bad way going in into Sunday. You you will need to have to improve an awful lot. Yeah, like look to the best opposition we've uh, we've played so far um, in the Leinster Championship. So we'll just be looking to improve. Um, yeah, look, we're just taking it each game as it comes and just trying to better be better than the last day. So um, probably have to be a good bit better than the last day. Um, but that's the focus. Yeah. Have you identified any weaknesses in the Dublin game? Are there any weaknesses in the Dublin game? And, or, or if there aren't, how do you go about trying to create some? Um, I'm, I'm not too sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, look, they're, they're a great, great side, you know. Um, there aren't too many weaknesses there. But um, we'll just, again, I know I'm kind of happy on, but it's just kind of coming back to ourselves and doing what we do well and what works for us. Uh, we won't be... Um, Getting too preoccupied in the opposition, you know, we'll just be focusing ourselves and trying to trying to get the best out of ourselves. Uh, that's kind of the way we're going about the game. Is the most important thing then to come out of the game and be prepared for the next round? Be that next round a Super Eight or be it a qualifier? You have to come out of Sunday really with a positive positive frame of mind. Uh, yeah, like regardless of what happens on Sunday, you can't dwell on it. Um, and the next game might be two or three weeks, so you kind of have to get refocus the mind then after but um, we're not while we know what's kind of what the plan is afterwards we're not thinking about it too much you know Sunday's the is what's on our minds um, and yeah we'll take it one step as it, as it comes yeah. yeah a lot of teams when they come up again Dublin they don't do themselves justice would that be a do you think some things might be overawed when they meet Dublin or maybe it's something else like Dublin are that good are they overawed a bit when they come out again, Dublin? Um, potentially, yeah. But um, look, I don't. I, we haven't played like this kind of group of players hasn't played them yet, so I don't know what. Um, it might, it's not the case with us, do you know. I just. Yeah. I, um, but uh, I looked at, like I said, they're a great team. Um, but we're just trying not to get too focused on them and focusing on ourselves. Um, and yeah, yeah. And then when you say you're focused on yourselves, then you must be delighted with the way other players have come up and stepped up to the to the challenge of filling in. So even when you were out injured and somebody else came in and got your place, were you fretting? Then you know it's going to be difficult to get back in here. Um, yeah, maybe a bit, but sure, that's that's healthy. You know, it's that's kind of been we've had a good year, and that's been a huge part of it. Like the lads stepping in, the new lads and. Making an impact and really staking a claim, like Gab McCoy and Ronan Ryan have come into the backs and they've they've been flying it, like you know, they're not looking out of place at all, like so. Uh, and it's great because you know if they're pushing, they're a good example for everyone else, and it just kind of drives healthy competition and gets the best out of everyone. So, yeah, that's good. You've been, uh, as you said, around the squad and around the the place for a few years now. What's the mood like compared to other years? It it, it seems to be a good group and everybody seems very focused. Yeah, we've seen this year has been particularly positive now. 
when you're, <laughs> you know, when you're, when things are going well, it's yeah. it's easy to be positive. But it's definitely kind of um, there's been a bug, good buzz all the same. Um, like I said, the young, the new lads that have come in have kind of added nicely to it and really fit in, and we just have a really kind of solid group there, do you know. And um, the lads that have, do you know, the lads that kind of played the same Mead minor team in 2012. I was a part of. We've kind of come up, been here for a few years now, and kind of there's a good good kind of core there if you know what I mean and yeah it's just a good solid group it's a good crack and um, yeah we're just enjoying it yeah please God yeah is there a little bit of pressure off this year James the fact that you've got promotion and going all right in the championship like in comparison to last year when you went out of Lance on the first round and didn't do much in the league either yeah um, yeah I suppose yeah I suppose it's different kind of pressure like there's still obviously pressure to perform now come Sunday week um, but it's yeah it's just a different kind of pressure really I wouldn't say there's any less but um, uh, yeah but definitely the fact that things are going well it's kind of um, it's not as probably negative as it was last year and um, it's maybe yeah you know uh, I think there's pressure right away um, the different sort of pressure. Sort of pressure. It's good to have had a, a, at a minimum of five games this year as opposed to just two last year. It's good that you know, you're going to get that level, which of course will make the team even better for next year again when, when you're playing more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the look, the, the goal is just to make the summer as long as you can, and the more games you get, the better. Um, when last year was over and space of two weeks, you know, so the longer it goes on, the better for, for the group. And yeah, that's just that's where we want to be, yeah. So that was James McEntee and as you can hear very much focused on their own job and, and any suggestions that you know how are you going to how are you going to cope with Dublin or how do you feel about being underdogs and he, he just dismisses it and says look we just have to focus on our own job and Ben Brennan who I'm going to play Ben's interview now as well straight away after it was of the same thing as well he says look we're in a we're in a bubble in our camp and we play our games we come back in and we're not hearing people writing us off and we're not hearing people saying we have no chance what we're doing is we're focusing on ourselves which is all they can do and you can hear from ben brennan's interview here that he's really looking forward to getting back up to crow park when you look through the gaa throughout the history it's Mead and dublin is always a big rivalry it always attracts a big crowd it always attracts probably the best out of both teams the most aggression out of both teams you know there's no matter you know how pally it might be Outside of the game, once you cross that white line, there's always that bit of extra bite in it, which is something special, something special to be part of. So do you hope then that that's, that derby-like atmosphere, that kind of makes the form book go out the window and that when it comes down to Sunday, it's 15 against 15 and as in most derbies, anything can happen? Yeah, well, that's all we're concentrating, I suppose, is ourselves and what we can control. We can't, you know, we can't control the crowd, we can't control what they do, we just can control what we can do. So I suppose... It'll probably be up to us to bring to bring that bit of uh, aggression or a bit of bite to it, like that that we need to bring. The confidence is high, obviously, in the camp promotion from Division One, and uh, what is it, three games already in the championship, which is uh, one more than last year. So obviously, it's it's things are improving. So it's obviously uh, confidence is high heading into the game. Yeah, yeah. Look, or it should be anyway. Yeah, look, I suppose we are where we want to be at the start of the year. We set out, you know get to a Leinster final and um, get to Division 1 
I suppose just all the hard work that's gone in since last year and the disappointment to last year, it's really kind of, it's really pushed us on and focused the mind, I suppose, on you have to be at 100% at this level. There's no, you know, dropping off at any time. You, you can't afford it. Uh, if you're not at your A game, you, you can be B. You know, uh, I suppose, just look at our first game. Uh, we were probably favourites to go win that there. We probably weren't at 100% and we nearly lost it. It was just, yeah. we scraped over the line, like, and... I suppose that's hopefully our wake-up call. Yeah, so that's what I said. Did that help focus the minds then for for the Carlo and the Leash games then? Yeah, yeah. Like it wasn't it wasn't what we set out, you know, at the start like at the start of the championship to perform like, and uh, a lot of lads were disappointed, including myself, were disappointed of what uh, what we showed that day, especially home crowd, you know, in Nav and big crowd come out to see us, and we didn't perform to. Probably the standards we had set in the league, but it comes down to that thing again: championship and league. Championships a different, yeah. different kettle of fish, yeah. and you, you really have to open for championship. And I suppose that was our, that was our banana skin. We probably just got away with where last year we didn't get away with it when we went away to Longford. Yeah, I suppose you've gone into those three games um, as hot favourites. Now the shoes on the other foot. How does it affect the mindset in the camp or of people when basically everybody is writing off Mead? How does that affect? I know you say, well, we, we can't control that and we can we can only focus on ourselves, but in niggling in the back of the head, is there anything saying, what, what are we doing here? <laughs> not not really, no, no. Like, you know. Do you look forward to it? I look, I look forward to it. I suppose like when you're in, when you're in an inter-county setup, you're kind of not almost in a bubble, but you know, you're surrounded by lads you're playing with and we're not thinking about losing. Yeah. So I haven't really been surrounded by that or here and that there, you know. It, at home, you know, yeah, yeah. they wouldn't be mad football people, I suppose. My girlfriend and like her father wouldn't be mad football, so I'm not really talking about it. So it's either in with the lads where it's it's all positive, it's all positive or I'm with people that don't really talk about football. So yeah, yeah. all I'm thinking about is until you get talking to somebody like me who thinks yeah, he knows yeah, something yeah. and <laughs> starts running you down. <laughs> yeah, so like it's suppose I haven't really heard you know of no chance or anything like that. There, all we're thinking, as I said, is how can we perform best. How can we get the best out of the team going forward into the Leinster final? And that's that's all we've been thinking about and all we've been going, you know, working towards. The objective has been Super 8s and no matter what the outcome is on Sunday, that's still the target and is still there to be shot at. So it's very important how you come out of that game, isn't it? Win, lose or draw, it's very important how you approach the next game then. Yeah, well, hopefully the next game is the Super 8s game. That's that's my thinking on it. Like, you just have to take each game as it comes, like... Uh, you know, you can't look forward, can't look past Dublin, sure, like, there's no point, like, you know, we could be in the Super 8s and straight away, or if we lose, we don't know who we're playing, so there's a, there's no point in thinking one second after that final whistle, We all we're concentrating on is getting onto the field and that whistle blowing and us giving it our best best shot against the Dubs. I've asked James there, I was talking to James McIntyre earlier, I just asked him about the mood in the camp and compared to previous years that he's been involved. Since you've come in, even the difference in the last 12 months, have you uh, have you noticed that or is winning breeding a, a happy environment? Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> this time last year we weren't in the championship anymore, so yeah, it's completely different. Uh, yeah, I suppose everyone's just enjoying it that bit more. I suppose when you're winning, there's always a smile on lads' faces. Comes to training's easier, you know, getting the diet right at home's easier. Everything comes that little bit easier for you than when you're losing. You're under a bit of pressure, and you know it's a bit more negative. And 
But yeah, this year obviously getting promotion to Division One, we were so we went in a good good run there. We got out to Crow Park, uh, got a bit of exposure there. We played there the last day. Like it's all kind of including myself we've a lot of young lads as well that are experienced for the first time I'm experiencing for the first time as well so like you know it's it's all exciting times for for this group of lads like I suppose so it's just chomping at the bit really and, and butterflies in the belly waiting to get going yeah well it's just you know it's it's all new to us so we're, we're all just mad to get get a shot at it and do our best and you know show everyone you know that we have been working hard and why we've been working hard because we think you know we can put a performance in on, on the big day like well, hopefully you're right, Ben. Thanks a million for that. So that's all the all the views from the Mead camp at the minute. Again, I don't think anybody is is as foolish as me and and being the eternal optimist. But you go through the processes, and as you said earlier on, Jimmy, they're a very well prepared team, probably the best ever prepared Mead team. So they're obviously going to go with a focus and a determination to put on a performance, as Andy said in his interview. Yeah. Well, look, even if they okay. I expect them to lose, but I, okay. If in the process of losing or playing this game, a lot of those players will learn so much about dealing with the big occasion. And players, you know, this is what players are about: the big stage. This is what players want to perform. The really good players, and uh, you know, some of them now may find the pressure, the the expectation, the the, the spotlight difficult to handle but I think with sports psychologists these days though uh, players are given this education this mental education to deal with, with issues and overcome obstacles so I wouldn't be too worried about them in, in that respect but the young players like James Conlon like he'll, he'll, he'll um, uh, gain a huge amount of experience from and that's from, why I say it's, it's, and, good, and, it's good and, learning and experience and from this they'll be able to push on to what we spoke about earlier on you mentioned it a couple of weeks ago as well the the big game for them which is the, the qualifier one. yeah the qual- the next one the next to, one. for a chance to get into the the super 8 and hopefully if they win on sunday they'll be straight into the super 8s look at if anybody else has any opinions we'd love to hear from you we have set up a new twitter page which is at talk a good game 2 that's the number two. So at Talk A Good Game 2. Somebody else had obviously taken Talk A Good Game 1. Yeah. So we, <laughs> we'd welcome all all opinions from from uh, our listeners if you want to join in the conversation with us. And well, next week, maybe we'll have a read out and see what people are saying. So send us your predictions to at Talk A Good Game 2. There was just one thing I wanted to say as well about Sunday's game, Fergal, is that the, the a supporter, came up, a neighbour of mine, so actually a great supporter of the Me team, um, you know... It, She's talking about how, um, uh, you know, the, the cost, the yes. cost of bringing a family yes, up yes. to Crow Park. Uh, now, the, the, she was saying that she was saying as far as her, her information, now the tickets could be 40 euro. And 35 I'm, euro. 35, are they? Yeah, okay. Well, she was saying she was told they were 40. But she's thinking of bringing up her two kids. Her, her husband is Maybe it's 35 euro. Maybe it is 40 and it could be 35 with the fiver off if you buy it early online. Isn't Possibly that something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. might have to pay at the gate, 40 yeah. at the gate. She's gonna, she was thinking of bringing up her two kids. Her husband is going with me supporter as well. They're thinking twice about it now, Fergal, because you're talking about uh, yeah, well, 200 euro, maybe when you're talking about something to eat. And, yeah, you know, yeah, it's, and, it's um, an expensive day out. And if, and if you're going so to be you, a, mead, uh, a proper Mead GA supporter, you're going to go to Crow Park on Saturday as well, well which I think could be 20 quid in. For the Christie yeah. Ring Cup, you know, if you're to do the same. So you could be well, looking the G- at... the GA have an issue to have to address about this? You're uh, looking at 300 quid to bring your family to two games over the weekend. You get mm. you get a week in Bella Medina for that, Jimmy. 
well, Medina, where's that fair girl? I don't know. That's in, in uh, Sydney or somewhere like that. Is it over there? I wouldn't like to try and spell it. Right, OK. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, well, I, I, I mentioned that to a Leinster Council official there sometime ago. Um, there, actually, before the last match. Yeah, you said this uh, on the last podcast. Yeah, yeah, well, I did. Yeah. I did, actually. And he was he pointed to uh, the, the, the stadium all around us and Crow Park. You know, the fact that it, it, it needs to be It has to be paid for, yeah. But uh, unfortunately, it's the... It's the parents and the kids that want to go and see their county teams play that are having to do this. You know, in this day and age, it's so many corporate events and so much big sponsorship and concerts been held in Crow Park. Surely the money that's taken in from all that could be used to subsidise tickets. Uh, that's why you'll probably only see, will there be even 40,000 well, Crow right. Park on Sunday? I was saying to you on Sunday, I was asking you how, how many meat supporters do you think would travel yeah, well, that on, 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 three Satur- or 4, on, on Saturday, if you get three or four thousand there for the game, well, for the six, three games, six teams involved. Okay, I don't expect a huge crowd to come over from Lancashire for the Laurie Mark Cup on Saturday, but you know you've got six teams involved in the in the games in Crow Park on Saturday. They'll do well to be five thousand there for the day. Ah, oh, yeah, well, I think you have Mead and Kildare, which we can't yeah. ignore either, are in the Leinster Junior Final before the Mead Dublin game. So Mead Juniors yeah. will be looking to exact a bit of revenge, lost by two points to Kildare last year. Davy Nelson's Davy Nelson's yeah, yeah, team well prepared this year because he, I think he only took over there last year about yeah. two or two weeks before the the championship started. Or so, so you some, have so you, you know. have two Mead teams. You have uh, a Kildare team, which uh, Jim Bulger kind of lambasted their supporter lambasted the team last week as one of the reasons I don't know where he got this idea from it was one of the reasons for the failing of, of Leinster Football Championship and then you've got Dublin who are the biggest populated uh, county in the country and uh, even their support base has fallen off okay it's still a lot more than most of the counties but their support base has fallen off and it has to be the pricing structures well, that's that combined to the well, fact... Well, it doesn't, it doesn't well, encourage people to go. Yeah, well, combined to the fact that it's not it's not a competitive competition anymore. And it's on telly. And so, telly, nobody's going to... You know, I mean, neutrals would be expecting this to be, uh, you know, trouncing. Yeah, you know, with, with, justi- on, with justification, you know, uh, but uh, look, look at that. That that's the me game where we're so issue there we, we just go. So, what do you reckon? You're saying within the twelve points would be a good performance. I know, uh, maybe not twelve, but um, say eight points. You know, it certainly be good. Yeah, Kills me about Dublin is you can perform really well against Dublin, and sure. this is what they're good at. And I've said this to you before. You could be within. Three, four points of Dublin which with 10 minutes to go, which would be a hell of a performance. Would. And you could still end up bet by 10 or 15 yeah. points. That's just what they do. Yeah, well. It's what they do. And they, ha- they have that ability just to step up through the gears when needed. Just, you know. Yeah. They, they, they'll beat Carlo by 26 points or something like that without even tr- without getting out of first sec- first gear, you, you know. know. Without uh, even getting out of the bus, Jimmy, I think. Well, mind out of gear. But another team that's looking forward to uh, a Leinster final are the Mead ladies they will play Wexford in the Leinster intermediate final in Carlow I think it's on the it's on the Sunday is that the 20th the 30th of June yeah. uh, in Carlow it's part of another triple header down there it won't be 40 quid in that day let me assure you mm. but uh, the Mead ladies deserve a lot of credit as well for the direction they're going in it's the second Leinster intermediate final in three years it's the same pairing as two years ago when Mead won the intermediate title for the first time against Wexford. But they were very impressive against Wicklow on Sunday. Um, of course, Wicklow bet them in the first round of the Leinster Intermediate last year in a surprise result. But Mead beat Wicklow in the league this year. I think it was 114-3-6. to 
So it was tight enough game, but there was no way was it a tight game on Sunday. 5-14 to 6 points for Mead. An unbelievable performance. First 20 minutes, phenomenal. 1-8 to a point, I think, up after well, 20 they, minutes. Well, they showed in their, their league campaign that... Uh, you know, Eamon has, has got the team and his management team have, have got him really uh, playing top-class football. You know, I, I've, against Ross Common there, I saw them there earlier in the year and the, the, the pace and the, the movement, you know, has been very impressive. I know he's been working with this team for the last couple of years, Eamon has, and, um, you know, he's, he's certainly got to a great... Uh, you know, a provincial title looks certainly on now, doesn't it? Yeah, you know, yeah. it looks looks good, but it will be tough against Wexford. Will be very, very tough. And then once that game is out of the way, all focus then will be on the All Ireland Championship, and hopefully we'll see Mead Ladies back in Crow Park as well. Look, we probably this podcast probably gone on way too long. I'm sure we've probably lost a lot of listeners at this stage. Uh, I just want to have a quick run through the A leagues and how they finished up. Um, at the weekend, the last round of games in the league stages of the A-Leagues went ahead. And Navan Mahoney's, of course, got their their win, which ensures they beat Screen, I think it was, 214 to 12 points, which ensures Screen, that they yeah. finished top of A-League Division 1 with 22 points from their 13 games, 11 wins and only two defeats. So Mahoney's are into the A-League Division 1 final, where they will play either Kells or Summerhill. Or Summerhill in a semi-final. So yeah. in a semi-final. Kells and Summerhill actually played in the final game last weekend with uh, Gail Colum Kill winning that 3-10 to 1-10. Um, it's unclear whether the county players will come back. If Summerhill had the county players back, might make a bit of difference there. But... So it's Gail Column Kill against Summerhill in the A League Division One semi final with the right to play Navanamahnies in the final. Um, at the other end of the table, Manalvi finished bottom. Sidden managed to pick up their first win of the campaign. Beaten Rattoge, uh, yeah. They, they, yeah, well, they had uh, they'd lost to Oldcastle during the week and then bounced back with a three nineteen to two nineteen win over Rattoge. Huge performance and just goes to show really what Sidden are capable of, but it just didn't go well for them. But they're relegated along with Manalvi, and it's Oldcastle who are third from bottom, and they will face St. Pat's, who finished third in Division 2 uh, in a playoff, in a relegation promotion playoff. Centristown and Banlabracky finished top of Division 2, so they are promoted to Division 1, Centristown back up into Division 1. Banlabracky, I believe, this will be their first year to operate in Division 1, so it's great to see them get a shot at it. Um, Tough on intermediate teams coming up into Division 1, but hopefully they will. But Oldcastle have a lifeline and they will play St. Pat's in who edged out St. Colm Kills um, in their final game to take that third spot and ensure a playoff spot. Down at the other end, St. Michael's surprisingly were relegated. They will operate in Division 3 next year as as are Mead Hill. Um, Bechtov finished third from bottom. So they will face Walterstown in the promotion relegation playoff um, to see can Bechtov maintain their place in Division 2 or will Walterstown be promoted along with Castletown and Ballinlock from Division 3. Castletown and Ballinlock will play in the A-League Division 3 final. Castletown suffered their first defeat in all competitions uh, at the weekend, losing surprisingly 4-13 to 2-9 to Ballinlock with that win for Ballinlock ensured they needed it more than Castletown it ensured that they finished second and will contest the A-League Division 3 final they're on the right right path too yeah yeah. but uh, probably the most amazing story out of that Division 3 is that Longwood 
finished bottom with four points. Senior club, senior football championship club, Longwood, relegated to Division Has 4 Has ever of the a, a senior club played in Division 4, I wonder? We were only asking that yeah. and we don't think so, yeah. I don't think yeah, so. Probably but not. they're relegated and Dunsany are relegated. As far as we're aware, there is a provisional here. I'm putting a big asterisk beside this one, Jimmy. There is a restructure of Division 4 next year with, with some reserve teams coming into Division 4A. Mm. Uh, so I'm not 100% sure what way uh, relegation or what way teams are going to be allotted to Division 4A and Division 4B. Don't but for Longwood to finish bottom of Division 3 and be relegated to Division 4 is is very disappointing for them who haven't won the Intermediate Championship last year. Of course, so without Mickey Buck and Aaron Lynch, yeah. there, you know, uh, 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 own, um, own Lynch. Own, yeah. Own Lynch. And, so, um, yeah, it'd be huge losses, of course, but as a senior club, you should have more resources than just two players to comfortably survi- survive. In a Division 3, with no respect to the other teams, Castletown, Banlock, Walterstown, Drumbarra, St. Vincent, St. Ultons, Minolte, Beliver, Black Haller down there, Kilmainham and Dunsany. Well, it just shows you what an achievement it was for Longwood to win that intermediate last year. Uh, and it, it gives hope for every because nobody would have, you know... To win just two games out of 11 in the league. Very poor. Nobody would have given them a chance last year to win the intermediate. And the Division 4 final will be between Moyla, who won nine of their 10 games, and Clannagale, who won eight of their 10 games. So that's a big day out for both Moyla and Clannagale in football to be in the uh, in their respective finals. I actually don't have the hurling details here with me. I meant to bring them down. But it's Kiltail and Kildalki in the A Hurling League Division 1 final. Yeah. And some might argue that that could well be the Jubilee Cup final at towards the end of the year as well. So plenty of big games coming up, Jimmy. Plenty to talk about and plenty for the listeners to listen to on today's Talk A Good Game. We hope you enjoyed the show. And as I said, if you want to pass any comment or want to send us any bit of information at all, just contact us on at talkagoodgame2. That's at talkagoodgame2, the number two. And uh, we'll talk to you next week, Jimmy. Did you, 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 you happy enough? Yeah, happy enough with all that? Anything you want to add? Yeah, look, we, we just have to live in hope. The hope that kills you, uh, Fergal, you said. But it's the hope that kills, but, but I'm it going also for... It's the hope that sustains you. I'm going for a hat-trick this weekend. Come on, the hurlers, the junior footballers, and the senior footballers. I of course, the Mead Camogie Mead... team. Played Dublin before we drift on. Very good performance against Dublin. Unfortunate in defeat, Mugging losing yes, twelve indeed. points to one sixteen yeah. up in Coolock as well. Sorry for if I if I just drifting over or just flashing over this, but uh, they played Clare on Saturday evening in Partholchen in the second round of the All Ireland Senior Camogie Championship. So if you get back from Partholchen or sorry, get back from Crow Park to Partholchen on Saturday evening uh, after the Christie Ring Cup. Get there, support the Mead Camogie team playing Clare in the All-Ireland Senior Camogie Championship. So, I'm Fergal Lynch, that's been Jimmy Gagan, and we've been trying to talk a good game. Say hi!